Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Christian Redder. And Christian, uh, this is the first time we've got a chance to talk, but we were introduced by Lexi, who um, who reached out to me on one of the um, SCCA forums because I'm I'm basically doing a racing podcast, and she had a really interesting story. And uh, you know, uh, she's not even in the U.S. right now, so we had a great conversation. And she thought that um, you should definitely share your story. So. Um, I'll ask you a few questions and kind of figure out what your world is like in motorsports and learn a little bit about you. Where, where are you at, Ashley? Where are you physically at right now? So I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, okay. just north of there, and uh, have been doing uh, all my racing in that area for the last, uh, well, I don't know, 15, almost 20 years, if I start counting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Lexi is my uh, co-driver uh, in rallycross for several years and autocross as well. And yeah, we had we had uh, lots of good adventures traveling around driving uh, Corvettes and Eclipses. Nice. Well, wh- what are you what are you racing? What are you doing right now for this season? What do you do? Uh, so I am the uh, Atlanta region chair for SCCA rallycross. Uh, in addition, I am also on the Rallycross National Board, uh, and as part of that, uh, also head up the SCCA Rallycross Rules Committee. Uh, so just all of those things and uh, raising a newborn as well. So staying uh, pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And are you, you get many chances yourself to get out on um, to, to run the cars around? Uh, yeah, as many as I can. Uh, this year, definitely fewer than the last uh, several uh, due to the little one, uh, which is a, a welcome addition. Uh, so I'm getting out about once a month, probably. Uh, in previous years, it was uh, twice a month to twice every six weeks, uh, depending on uh, how often I was willing to get the trailer out and go have fun. Yep, yep. Well, um, you said you've been doing this for what, 15, 10 to 15 years, you said? Yeah, I, I think my first event was uh, an autocross back in 2011, I believe, but it could have been the tail end of 2010. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, coming up on 15 years, not quite. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I was involved in college in the uh, SAE uh, Mini Baja, I think now called Baja SAE. Okay. So for another five years before that, I was uh, involved in, uh, I guess, the engineering uh, amateur side of motorsports as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that program and what you did? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, So for anyone unfamiliar, uh, Baja SAE is a collegiate design competition. Uh, It started here in the U.S., but has moved international. And they basically give you a rule set to build a, a dune buggy. Uh, everyone has uh, has to use the same uh, Briggs and Stratton engine. Uh, at the time, it was 10 horsepower. I think they might have been boosted to 11 or 12 now. Uh, they're getting wild. Uh, but you start with the rule book, and it's up to the college to buy all of the materials, uh, parts, everything. Uh, you design the car and cut, grind, bend, and weld until you've got a driving vehicle. 
And then uh, the competitions themselves are usually capped at around 100 entrants. And kind of the uh, the big uh, show-off event is a four-hour endurance race where they take all 100 vehicles piloted by completely amateur college students and toss them on an endurance track for four hours uh, where they proceed to bounce off of each other rocks and trees until only about 20 cars are left running at the end and somebody wins. Uh, it's an absolutely wild event and, uh, and a ton of fun and also a great learning experience uh, for uh, not only how design uh, works in general, but motorsport world and uh, and racing and race uh, operation and planning as well. What what school was that with? Uh, so I did this with Georgia Tech, uh, but like I said, it's an international event, and the events are capped at 100 because they have to be capped. Uh, they'd have 150 or 200 at every event. Uh, yeah, do that. So it's it's gotten huge. Awesome. And uh, what degree did you did you get or were you going so after? I'm a mechanical engineer. Okay. So am I. <laughs> oh, excellent. Right. Although I, I wish I would have had, um, I probably had access to something like that. I just, I didn't take advantage of it. I should have when I could have. Yeah, so. so it started, I think, back in the 70s. Uh, yeah. It was much smaller and has been growing and growing. And in the early 2000s, it, it really blew up and got to the size it is now. Um, but they're hosting events in India and South Africa, and I think they held one in Brazil. They're they're all over the place. So that kind of got you into it. Then it was there was autocross initially. After that, yeah. So uh, I I was saving up for my dream car, a Corvette, and uh, got lucky after the financial collapse of '08 and uh, found a, a Z06 in the junkyard. Or not a junkyard, a repo lot, I should say, and uh, lived off box rice and crackers for a while to uh, <laughs> to uh, pay that thing off. And uh, once it was paid off, it was time to go have fun. And coincidentally, the guy sitting next to me at work uh, was involved in autocross and pointed me in the right direction. Cool. So um, how long did you do autocross before you tried to rally cross? Uh, so I was pretty involved in uh, autocross for uh three or four years uh, when I saw an announcement online that Rallycross was coming to Georgia. They're starting up a new region. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I, I remember how much fun I had in the mini Baja days and uh, went straight to Craigslist <laughs> looking for something that sounded fun. And uh, I think this was in 2013, they announced it. Maybe the first event was in 2014. And uh, the winner was a $900 uh, 1990 Mitsubishi Eclipse all-wheel drive, um, also out of a repo lot. Uh, so I, I have a type. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that was my project rebuild. The timing belt had hopped on it, and uh, the previous owner uh, successfully disassembled the engine before leaving it in the repo lot. Uh, and was nice enough to leave every single part in the trunk of the car, uh, which was very nice of them. Yeah. Um, so then I rebuilt that, got it running, and I've uh, been rallycrossing ever since. Uh, in the same car? Uh, I did the Eclipse for six years mm -hmm. and uh, pushed that car as, uh, as far as I could at the national level. And uh, based on the current rule structure, I couldn't get the power out of it to keep up with newer STIs and Evos. Uh, so sold that and picked up a 2001 uh, Integra GSR. I uh, wanted something lighter weight, more maneuverable, and 
more of a momentum car that would teach me some good habits. Uh, so went online, looked for cars, uh, you know, the lightest cars that had done well uh, in the national level. And it came down to either a CRX or an Integra. Uh, there was the, the proper Integra for sale at the time in Atlanta. So that was the winner. Uh, built it up, took it to nationals and promptly lost to a CRX. So <laughs> uh, taught me what decision I made, but the car has been great. Uh, it's uh, It's been top three several times in nationals. So it's doing well. Very happy with it. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, so, I, I mean, so you've been top three several times in that car, then it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year and uh, two years before that, uh, took third. Uh, was actually leading nationals this year, uh, going into uh, into the final run, and went in a little too fast to one turn, and uh, just in the back of my head, so I didn't drive all the way to Colorado to slow down on the last run of nationals. <laughs> I'm not lifting, not now. <laughs> Stay on it. Uh, and I did, and I paid for it uh, three turns later and got out in some fluff and knocked, uh, you know, a half second off my time and dropped two places. So, oh my gosh, there we are, man. So, um, any, any road racing? Uh, I do uh, a good bit of uh, track days, I guess, driver education stuff, HPDEs, uh, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I've also spent uh, a few years doing FNC, uh, flagging communications uh, for road races. So uh, corner work, what is more commonly called. Mm -hmm. uh, so got familiar with that end uh, of it. And man, if there's any road racers that are listening and you want to get better at what you do, go do FNC for uh, a few races and you will learn a whole lot about what's going on on that track around you that you had no idea was happening. <laughs> can you, uh, can you give some examples of some insights that, that will help people kind of recognize like how it could help them? Uh, so probably the number one thing is you will uh, get an idea for the personalities behind the flags uh, you've probably noticed that not all blue flags look the same. Uh, some of that is intentional, though not all of it. Uh, you'll pick up on what they're trying to tell you a little bit faster. Uh, same thing with uh, like surface flags and potentially even caution flags. Uh, they'll also tell you and teach you uh, the very specific differences between standing, waving, uh, flags and so on, and exactly when uh, yellow flags will be used versus a uh, surface flag. Mm -hmm. And it's things like knowing whether a uh, a small object on the track that is very much large enough to damage a car uh, does not always qualify for a yellow flag. Um, they'll, they'll put a good surface out there and let you know there's something in the way and it's up to you to dodge it. But because it's not a car stopped on track, you're not going to see a yellow, even though it is something that is very much trouble for you. Uh, same thing, you know, differences between fluids on track and solid objects on track. Uh, and then there's some flags, especially the uh, the blue flags and the surface flags, you get a lot of personality behind them. Uh, if it's being <laughs> uh, shown to you, it means something different than it is being frantically waved at you. <laughs> so... Uh, what is the difference? Because as a driver, I, I always thought it's it simply meant there are faster cars coming up on you, you know, pay attention, but it doesn't necessitate me to like move over 
or let them buy or something like that. So that's going to vary by racing organization uh, for sure. Uh, But at least in SCCA, which is what I'm familiar with, the blue flag is an informational flag. Mm -hmm. It is telling you someone uh, behind you is coming up uh, faster than your current race pace and they are not passing you for position. Uh, it has nothing to do with what you're trying to accomplish. It's just letting you know uh, that someone's approaching and they're gonna come flying past you. So it's time to start checking your mirrors. Mm-hmm. And that one, uh, especially when the leader uh, of the race is approaching you for the first time, you'll probably get very early warnings uh, where it, you'll see a blue flag uh, furled uh, that is still uh, on the stick. And they may point it at you just real casually. And that's just letting you know they're probably half a lap before they're catching up to you, maybe even longer. Just giving you a heads up that's there. And that furled flag will slowly turn into a uh, a displayed standing flag, but it may just be a, a quick flash. And I'll just tell you they're getting closer, and that'll turn into a waving flag, which probably means this turn or the next they're coming. Um, where it gets exciting is that first place driver probably has a second and third place driver close behind them. Yeah. And that waving flag can turn into a very excited, waving, jumping, bouncing flag. And that may indicate that you have more than one car coming and they're probably in a line nose to tail and they may be invisible to you in your mirrors. Yeah. So there could be three cars and you only see the first one. And that corner worker knows that fact because they're good at what they do and they've been paying attention and they're trying to tell you, look, there's there's not one, there's two or three behind you. Um, and some of them may get extra creative, the wave, the flag, and then furl it real quick and bounce it at you a few times. And that can be a method of telling you how many cars are coming up behind you. Got you it. see a wave and then two bounces with a furl. It's time you've got a leader and uh, and second and third place right behind them. Cool. And it depends on uh, how fast your class is as well. The yeah. uh, We have a lot more time to uh, talk to a Formula V than we do a GT2 car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I drive B-Spec, so you have quite a bit of time with me. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. See, we, we have fun. Uh, we also get to know the drivers. Um, uh, many of the corner workers uh, travel regionally. Uh, so if you're at Sebring, uh, you may have workers that traveled from Road Atlanta, uh, Barber, or even VIR. And uh, if you're traveling around, uh, you know, one corner of the country, you may see a lot of the same workers over and over. And if you pay close attention, you can recognize uh, some personality behind the flags or uh, if you look closely at their worker stations, they may even have little personal displays they put up uh, that you can recognize. And then you already know what flags are coming at you. Uh, That said, if you're a uh, frequent uh, uh, infractor, uh, (laughs) if you've uh, been in uh, contacts or uh, uh, received penalties, we already know your name, number, and car. (laughs) Um, So if you're uh, someone who gets a little aggressive, we'll return the favor and be a little more aggressive in our calling flags because we know what you're about to get into. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you a warning earlier than other drivers because we've seen what you're about to do. Yeah. Uh, so if you're getting those, we know who you are. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to change, but we know who you are and we're paying attention. So you may get attention earlier in the race than other drivers. Yeah. 
And that's good information. Uh, I didn't really know about the different personality types or the different indications with the flags. Like you said, there's a leader coming with two people behind them. So stuff that um, I'll need to pay more attention to when I'm out there. Yeah, and it's it's a good experience too to get uh get on the headsets and on the network and listen to uh the radio calls going around. Uh there's a whole lot of information going on all over the place and it's very interesting to hear what uh the corner marshals as well as the race stewards are listening to and asking about. Um you'll also learn the uh the 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 secret hand signals that all the corner workers use to communicate. And this has been a ton of fun uh, for me when I go to pro races. Uh, if I'm not flagging, uh, I can, you know, catch up on what's going on around track by watching the corner workers. Uh, they talk to each other about how many laps are left, who's in the lead, what corner has uh, silly business going on. And, you know, you can huff it over and watch the uh, the fun stuff when you learn something's going on. <laughs> That's cool. So there's a lot of good stuff. And to that end, uh, if you are a driver uh, or uh uh, manager or anything else hanging out on track and you see folks walking around in white say hi wave their car people too they're walking around in pit lane after the event invite them by they'd like to see their race cars they want to know what's going on uh toss them a beer they'll have a good time tell you crazy stories about the other silly drivers and what they're doing uh they've uh, a lot of these folks have been at it 20 30 years and uh have all kinds of crazy things they can tell you so if i asked you afterward to introduce me to some could you help me get introduced to some that I can chat to? Uh, yeah, I probably could. Um, if not me, I can definitely send you uh, contacts for the folks that organize all the FNC. Uh, all people. right, cool. Because I haven't gotten very many FNC folks yet, so I'm looking forward to chatting with them. It's a, it's a fun little niche, and uh, was also how I got into uh, HPDEs. Uh, uh, the local region uh, SCCA would offer a 50% uh, discount on track time if you spent the weekend waving flags. Uh, so you also got a small stipend. I think they give us like $25 a day to come out to cover gas money. Uh, so with the uh, $50 for two days of work and 50% discount, I would break even on the weekend. Uh, it's $50 then to get uh, whatever 40 minutes of track time. So pay my $50, earn $50, spend a weekend at the races, go home, even money, which is a pretty good deal. Yeah. So on the, on the track days, are you, um, what cars have you taken out to the track on the track days? Uh, so I have a uh, 2007 Corvette Z06 and that's, that's my asphalt car basically. Um, so I've had that since 2009. I think I picked it up uh, from the repo lot and have been autocrossing it and doing track days ever since. And uh, I also had an opportunity to uh, take out a Factory 5 Cobra uh, once, uh, which was a, a crazy experience. <laughs> <laughs> Those so, things are, are fun, but also a, a ton of work and they shake so bad you cannot see a thing in the rearview mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So of, of all the races uh, or the rally crosses or autocrosses that you've been in, 
any of them are are really memorable for you well you just you're just never gonna forget them uh well i mean uh nationals uh rallycross nationals this year in colorado uh at pikes peak international raceway was was a blast um that one for for the competition uh coming down to the wire at the end we had uh three people separated by less than a second and rallycross works the same as stage rally you add up all of your times uh, over the weekend so all three of us were at you know 568 seconds uh going into the final run and uh and it got closer before the end three of us separated by seven tenths of a second uh at the end you know, i got the worst of it third of the three but uh Man, that was uh, that was a blast. Uh, fun day back and forth, trading thousands of seconds <laughs> over a weekend. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, you know, like I said, it's the base of Pikes Peak, so you're looking up at the famous, you know, rally track going up the mountain. Uh, we all, of course, drove up the mountain uh, the day before the events, <laughs> just to say we did it. So we had a little impromptu rally cross meeting at the top of Pikes Peak. Uh, yeah. Everyone now, and uh, you know, all our cars overheating from the lack of air up there. <laughs> <laughs> um so can you tell me and others listening what what does a format of a weekend look like for rallycross uh so for a national level event uh it's usually a uh two-day event uh there will be uh saturday and sunday uh for larger events uh they'll start the event on friday for tech inspection and check-in but there'll be no uh no racing on friday uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, we usually do three courses. Uh, so in rallycross, uh, you can think of it like autocross on dirt as far as course size and speeds go. Uh, we find a, a large dirt field, uh, unused farmland, whatever we can get a hold of, make a track out of cones, and then everyone gets the same number of runs. And uh, unlike autocross, where you keep your best run in rallycross, you add all of your runs together, uh, no drops. So if you hit that cone and get a two-second penalty, that penalty is following you all weekend long. You're stuck with it. Uh, so it's really uh, you lose by your worst run rather than winning by your best is uh, how I think of it. Yeah. Uh, so we do we try to make three different tracks uh, so it doesn't favor any one particular car more than another. Uh, try to make them all significantly different uh, so it really brings out the best driver more than the best car. Uh, and if all goes well, you get three or four runs Saturday morning, another three or four Saturday afternoon, and then usually three or four uh, Sunday morning. And okay. stop Sunday midday uh, so that everyone can uh, do their best to get back home before work Monday morning. Gotcha. So nine to 12 runs possibly throughout the weekend. Yeah, exactly. uh, each one uh, about a minute long, depending on course conditions. Okay. Um, and do they run them rain or shine no matter what? Uh, national level events, we run rain or shine, uh, preferably shine. Uh, <laughs> uh, we run in the mud, but it's real slow and painful. Yeah. Uh, local events uh, frequently get canceled for rain. Uh, it tears up the site. And also, like I said, uh, it can be pretty painful to drive in mud. It's uh, it's just going in slow motion. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we continue doing it for national events uh, due to the travel. Folks have come uh, from potentially, uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 miles away. Uh, we're not turning anyone. We're not going to turn anyone away for rain at that point. So, what are the? How varied are the classes in in rallycross compared so to? This is honestly brilliant. One of the best things uh, SCC rallycross has done is keep the classing very simple. 
as far as production vehicles go, there's nine classes. Uh, and it's split up by uh, drivetrain. So there's classes for front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, and all wheel drive. And between that, it's then split up by modification level. So you have uh, what we call stock, uh, which is not quite stock. You're allowed to change you know, the air filter, muffler, uh, very simple stuff. Mm -hmm. And we have prepared class, uh, which is uh, basically a stock engine internals and then uh, open intake and exhaust, open suspension and brakes, uh, no uh, weight reduction allowed. So full interior, full body work, um, but you're allowed to put in uh, race seats and harnesses uh, as desired. Mm -hmm. And then we have modified class, which is basically, it has to look like the car it's supposed to be when you're done with it and still have a production frame. Uh, go nuts, keep it safe. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, for that class, yeah, you can get out your grinder and cut off uh, just about anything you want, put holes everywhere, uh, the engine swap, whatever makes you happy, go nuts, have fun, uh, but you gotta have a safe car when you're done. And then uh, we also have classes for uh, side-by-sides and constructors class if you wanna uh, just make a tube frame chassis and uh, go nuts. What's a side-by-side? Uh, UTVs, side-by-side, uh, uh, -side, uh, like ATVs. Okay, okay. Uh, think like, uh, what's the, Pol uh, Polaris makes a pretty competitive fast one. It's the kind of stuff you'd see at an off-road park. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And uh, those things can be built up to be pretty wicked fast. Uh, yeah. Like fast time of day uh, with, uh, you know, 180 horsepower in a uh, whatever, 1400 pound <laughs> little buggy thing. They can be uh, absolutely wild. So I'm, I'm guessing that for Rallycross, it is it is way safer than and safer, not just in terms of uh, keeping the individual safe, but also keeping your car safe compared to like road racing. Uh, yes. So uh, similar to autocross, we plan on you driving your car home. Um, it's uh, it's low speed, uh, highway speeds about as fast as it gets up to. Uh, we do not mess with trees, rocks, fences, or any other obstacles. Uh, the only thing you're coming close to are our cones. Uh, and that's very intentional. Uh, many people do trailer their vehicles, uh, but it's mostly a, a preference thing. Uh, people, you know, they like to pull out the AC uh, in the classes where you're allowed to, or the car is covered in mud, dirt, and whatever. Um, also, prepared to modify classes are allowed to use uh, rally tires. So a lot of the cars have dedicated tires they don't want to that are frequently not legal on uh, asphalt or just don't want to get torn up on asphalt. So a lot of people tow their cars, but that's totally optional. And you should have your car survive the weekend. Um, I should say uh, rollovers are a hazard and they do occur. They're not super common, uh, but it does happen. Uh, and to that end, our safety rules reflect that. Um, if you are interested in uh, installing a roll bar or a cage of any sort, you're welcome and encouraged to do so for any class, regardless of uh, levels of performance modification that are allowed. We'll allow you to uh, cut whatever holes are needed, uh, weld bolt safety equipment onto the car. Got it. Got it. Um, is there, it's the same, well, how, when is the national championship for this? Uh, they're traditionally in uh, September, October uh, timeframe, along with everything else uh, championship-wise in SCCA. Uh, so I think this year it's like October 3rd, I believe. 
And um, how many competitors were at the last one? Uh, so last year, the event was capped at 100, I believe. Um, normally, they're capped at 125, but uh, I think we had a slightly smaller site uh, last year, so we uh, brought it down to 100. But it's, it's usually 100, 125 people at, at Nationals. Got it. Uh, about the most a uh, uh, site can handle before it gets torn up from too many cars driving on it. Yeah, yep. And then you you were on the rules committee, is that right? Yes, uh, head of the rules committee, or chair, I should say, of the, of the rules committee. Uh, so we're responsible for making any rules updates uh, throughout the year. We also respond to any questions uh, competitors have. Uh, so if they're looking at modifying their car and wants to know if they're allowed to install a specific component or modify the car in some other way, uh, they can send us an email, rxb at scca.com, and we'll give them an official answer uh, that they can rely on at any nationally sanctioned event. Got it. Um, so what do you find for the most part when you are changing rules? What kind of rules do you change mid-season? Uh, so we usually don't change anything mid-season. Uh, we'll put out uh, announcements for what we're looking at changing the next year, and we try to make all of the updates uh, at one time during the off-season uh, between years. Uh, a lot of the updates uh, end up being safety stuff, uh, but sometimes uh, the attitudes of the competitors uh, change and people feel like a class needs to look a little different. Uh, so we had a big change uh, last year, kind of redoing the whole modified class. Uh, the colloquial understanding of the class was it's a run what you brung sort of class. Uh, as long as it looks like the car when you're done, it's safe. Uh, but that was not actually the case. If you read into the uh, fine print of the rules, uh, there was quite a bit of modification that was not allowed in the class. Um, now, that wasn't being enforced in any way at the national level, uh, and I don't think anyone wanted it to be. Uh, so we went through and rewrote the entire class to be what people thought the class was and how they were treating it. Got it. Um, and uh, we, we kind of look at that as people ask questions. They're like, can I do this? It seems like I should be able to in that class. And we'll say, you know what? You're kind of right. You probably should be able to. Uh, and we'll tell them it's not allowed for this year, but it's under review for next year. Pay attention. We'll let you know if it changes. Got it. Got it. So if um, you were going to tell somebody who's just wanting to get their feet wet in motorsports in some way, how should they start? Uh, start with the car in your driveway. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, autocross and rallycross are both phenomenally easy to get into. Uh, you'll drive your car back home at the end of the day. Um, if you go do rallycross, you might drive a dirty car home at the end of the day, um, which may or may not be important to you. <laughs> um, but start with what you have. Don't worry about getting the perfect car because I can guarantee the car that you want after three or four events uh, of you driving will be completely different from the car you thought you wanted before you did it. Um, everyone thinks they, they need to have something perfect, modified, uh, you know, ready to go when they show up. Don't worry about it. No one's going to be concerned if you show up with a Corolla or a Camry or something that, you know, whatever grocery getter you have. They will be thrilled that you brought the grocery getter out because it means you want to have fun. You don't care what you have. Um, all of the uh, kind of tribalism that you see online where people uh, pick a brand and are dedicated to it, whatever that brand is, man, that disappears 
as soon as you show up to an event. Uh, nobody cares whether you you have a Ford, a Chevy, a VW, or whatever. Um, if you got something that you're happy with and you're having a good time, they're happy for you. That's and awesome. Show up with a a Corolla with a roof rack uh, and squeal the tires, and you'll you'll be a hero. People will be jumping and cheering for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what, what do you have planned for the future? What do you want to be doing related to motorsports in the next few years? Man, I mean, goal number one is winning a national championship in rallycross. Uh, almost did it last year. Time to pull it through. Uh, after that, goals is a good question. Uh, I mean, give me 15 years and I'll be teaching uh, teaching my kid how to do it. That's long-term goals. Uh, Short-term uh, I really need to do some, some road racing just cause I haven't checked that box. Um, yeah. I probably need to, uh, go look up a, a lemons or a chump car team. I guess it's a champ car now, isn't it? Yeah. Champ car. Uh, and, uh, find a team looking for a driver and, uh, go do that for an event or two and, uh, see what it's all about. Um, it looks like a blast. I know a couple of guys that are rally crossers here in the Lone Star region and they also run uh, a car in champ car and they pretty much win every race they've been in um and you guys would probably have a lot in common i'd, I'd love to introduce you I'm, uh, uh, so can i can i throw out names yeah throw some names out is this uh brianne corn and her it's, team? Her, it's her group yeah so her, I, okay i know brianne yeah she's yeah. Uh, she's fast <laughs> I, you know, what's funny. I went to her facility once, um, Colin Oakers, I can't pronounce his last name. Um, he is uh, a crew member on a, a team that I race for Chris Taylor racing. And, um, he also does, you know, he does rally cross and he does champ car, but he invited me out to rally car, you know, oh, to rally cross one day at her facility. Right. So mm -hmm. I go out there and it was a situation where it had just poured the oh, day before. And, and um, I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. It was freezing cold. And they were all debating, do we do it? Do we not do it? And finally they said, let's just do it. But nobody has to be out there in the rain to watch. Just, just go and then come oh, okay. on to the next person. And uh, Everybody promised not to any cones. Yeah, exactly. Well, we had no chance to hit a cone. Uh, Colin, both of us sat side by side in a, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, what, you know, helmets? What do, what do we do? He's like, no, just throw your seatbelt on and we're ready to go. And we're in a mini and we got a half a lap and so much mud had caked up. Like, they had to send a tractor out to get us. That, that was oh, the end oh, of the day. That bad? Oh, my yeah, gosh. That was horrible. So that's my one experience. Yeah, okay, yeah. Go do it on a dry day. It's a whole different day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even get to drive, so. Oh, yeah. gosh. But yeah, yeah her, was, her, um... her spot is um, 30 minutes away from me here in Austin, so. Okay, yeah, I got a, she's told me about it and invited me out there, but uh, I haven't been that direction at the right time uh capable of doing it i got a whole bunch of family out there i need to go uh, make an excuse to uh visit the place if you are a little bit north of atlanta you've got to be close to road atlanta yes 
Yes, I, I have uh, spent some time there. That's uh, far and away where I have the most hours uh, on track. Um, you know, all of it, uh, just doing driver education stuff, track day stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Uh, uh, Road Atlanta has been my my favorite asphalt track of the you know four or five that I've done. Not a whole lot, but yeah, Corvettes feel very at home at Road Atlanta. That's now, are you instructing there or just? Um, I I could do instruction for SCCA and some of the other uh, local organizations, uh, but I have not chosen to do that. Uh, that's kind of my day off <laughs> when I go do track days. Uh, like I said, I, I'm chair for the Rallycross here, so I'm organizing those events. Uh, I was novice chief for uh, autocross for five years or so. Um, basically when I was doing anything else, I was very involved in setting up and organizing, helping and teaching. So when I did track days, I just wanted to pay, show up, drive and go home. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. But a big thank you to everyone who does do all the teaching there. It's, uh, makes such a huge difference, uh, for folks the, the first time, uh, I definitely remember my instructor, the first track day I did and, uh, came out of the, came out of the S's, uh, going over turn five at road Atlanta, the, the blind left-hander uphill, and he goes, and now breathe. And I just go, <laughs> I, I had no idea. I've been holding my breath for the last 20 seconds since we turned uh, turned into the downhill at turn three. And uh, yeah, that, that stuck with me <laughs> for a long time. Well, do you want to give a shout out to anybody or any organization um, for, for helping you um, where you're at today? Or you just want to um, have other people know about a particular organization i mean scca uh, is the big one for me uh, if you want to have fun with your car whatever's sitting in your driveway is the the way to start unless it's a rollover hazard don't bring that suv out <laughs> no trucks but, no trucks uh some trucks can do rally cross oh um, really as long as your truck is uh wider than it is tall uh per the official manufacturer's spec uh, it's good to go. And we go by track width versus height. Track width is center to center of the tires. Mm. Uh, so a lot of uh, midsize and small trucks uh, are great. So like uh, Dodge Dakotas, Chevy S10s, Rangers, uh, the old Mighty Max, uh, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely welcome to come out. And some of the crossovers can do it too. Uh, the uh, Like the Crosstrek and uh, some of the uh, the Subaru uh SUVs can as well yep, yep. but yeah uh find your local SCCA region uh just send the the first email address you find send an email and say hey I want to get into it um and uh, they'll be happy to point you in the right direction and even if you only do it for a single day uh you'll you'll come out with stories and someone else for for the rest of your life you have no idea how much fun your car is to drive and you had no idea <laughs> even if it is a, a Corolla with a roof rack you'll have a blast awesome Hey, Christian, it's been really nice getting to know more about you and to meet you. And uh, I wish you the best. I hope you win nationals this coming year. Well, thank you. Me too. And uh, this was great. Thanks for putting these together. I uh, listened to a couple before I came to do this, and it's, it's good times. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter 
where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. 